put yourself in a position where you can't retreat, where it's do or die, sink or swim. Here's what you'll find out. You'll develop incredible swimming skills. You'll find yourself stroking unlike you've ever seen before. Through the inspiration of desperation, you'll become more creative than ever before. Throw your whole self into it. All you can do is all you can do. And all you can do is enough. But make sure you do all you can do. Welcome to another episode of Burning the Boats. Boys, what's up? Hey, hey. Not much, not much. We got um, a good episode today uh, with Andrew Leadham. So Andrew is... uh, um, he's doing some big stuff in real estate, specifically in the storage um, investing space. Um, and, you know, oddly enough, or coincidentally, Andrew is less than an hour away from us. He's in Chesapeake. Or he's only 30 minutes from you, Bill. Um, yeah, and and we did not connect with Andrew through a local networking group or anything like that. He just happened to pop up in my social media feed, you know, several months back and we connected and, um, I knew I wanted to get him on, on for an interview. Um, but yeah, in, in today's conversation with him was literally, I mean, I knew a little bit about him just from our back and forth, but it was my first time getting to really know him. So y'all, y'all are going to get to hear, um, I, you know, me get to know somebody brand new in, in our networking space, um, as y'all get to know more about him as well. Interesting guy has had an interesting um, path. You know, he went the traditional route, like like Bill and I did. Really, college degree. Um, Tim, same thing. Go to work, corporate career, and then ultimately real estate um, uh, led to him burning the boats. And he'll get more into that. Um, but yeah, he's doing big stuff. Um, and I look forward to more than anything else, just getting to actually meet him. You know, he's so close to us and. You know, we'll, we'll see where that leads. Before we know it, we might be doing deals with the guy. So I'm, um, he seems like the kind of guy that has the same values and um, ethics and things like that, the principles that we do. So, um, Bill, I'll start with you. What'd you get from Andrew? Yeah, it was really, it was really cool to to listen to this and hear his story, and you know, just the fact that he's so close to us, working in the same market. Um, you know, know some of the same people, but you know all around very similar story to ours. And when you hear stories like that, it's, you know, as, as we're coming out from, from working our, our jobs for so long, jumping out into the entrepreneurial space and, and watching people that, you know, are, are ahead of us and, and what they're doing. It's inspirational. And, you know, it's, it's just cool that, you know, he's, he's right here. You said, you know, probably 20 minutes from me in Chesapeake, Virginia, uh, just very cool to listen to his story and everything he's about. And I'd see a lot of similarities between what he's doing, you know, his family and to, you know, to, to, you know, how my life is with my family and, and being home and having those changes and all. It's very cool. Very cool to hear. How about you, Tim? Yeah, it was exciting to learn more about his story. I had not, um, I never talked to Andrew prior to, you know, jumping on the podcast and, um, yeah, self self storage stewardship is the name of his company, and um, I think he really lives that out. You know, he talks about having a, a mentoring uh, class for his students, and he's got students that come into his program, and he's teaching them how to underwrite. You know, how to find their next deal. I think he even will talk about it a little bit on the podcast about 
how he's doing deals with his students too. So, you know, he's teaching them, he's taking them by their hand and walking them through step by step. So I think he's really living out that stewardship aspect of uh, his life. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I loved, I loved when he, um, he talked about a book, um, uh, who not how, and you know, he, his awareness to realize that he's got that engineer's mind where, you know, that tends to, get hung up in the analysis analysis paralysis but finding the folks that whether it's a coach mentor accountability partner whatever it is to help him get through those hurdles of um maybe over analyzing and stuff like that then to get to the next step of actually taking property down so i thought that was a good nugget as well but uh with that we'll turn it over to the interview hope y'all enjoy my conversation with andrew as much as i did all right, welcome to another episode of Burning the Boats. I'm here today with Andrew Leadham. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, Jason. Great to be here. Yeah, man. It's good to have you, man. It's um, Andrew, you are in Chesapeake, Virginia, so you're just a, a quick yes. drive from me, man. Um, and yeah, I guess as we planned this a little bit better, I could have done this in person with you, but we'll, yeah. we'll do that next time around. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, so Andrew is um, a, a big self-storage um, investor, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but Andrew, you know, and Andrew, I'm going to let you tell your story, so I'm not going to get okay. into a, a long intro. I'll let you introduce yourself and stuff like that. But um, what drew me to you was um, I think you popped up in Facebook or Instagram feed or, or something, mm -hmm. and um, and I saw that you were a local to me real estate investor, but I also saw like a lot of your posts were family oriented. You got young kids, you're married, yeah. you know, it's, and I could see that, you know, that's what led me down the road of kind of looking a little further into you and connecting with you. But you seem to keep that at the front of the focus. And, yeah. um, and that, that means a lot, you know, that's what we are kind of building our foundation of everything on is, is family and kids and whatnot. Um, but you also, I noticed, um, getting to know you uh, more about you, you did take the traditional, you know, went to college, got your degree, got a corporate career um, as an engineer, I believe. Yes, Is that correct? Yep. Yep. And, and worked in that realm for quite a while and then decided to literally burn the boat. Um, <laughs> and now you're in this full time. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Andrew, and kind of walk us through who you are, where you came from and how you got from there to here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like you said, I'm a, um, a married husband and father of four kids, um, two girls and two boys. And, uh, and that's, that's a really big part of, you know, my vocation, my calling, uh, why I'm here. And so that's, that's been a big motivator for everything that I've, that I've been doing. But um, to start off with, I'm born and raised in uh, Virginia Beach, Chesapeake area and um did my undergrad at odu in mechanical engineering did a minor in civil and went on to virginia tech to do my my master's degree in structural engineering and so i was a structural engineer um in the area for 12 years uh designed inspected bridges buildings uh all the waterfront structures the shipyards and stuff around here and um yeah along the way um, just, you know, I started in some of the real estate stuff back in 2015, um, had some friends that were, you know, doing some of the flips and rentals and, you know, got in, 
got involved with uh, bigger pockets and red rich dad poor dad you know a lot of the stuff that just gets your gets your gears going oh, and, yeah. um, and so you know started with some residential rentals and had that going and um, along the way you know just kind of was climbing that corporate ladder um, in the engineering world and had an opportunity for another promotion and and you know during that process just really um evaluating my life and just what it looked like and the stress level the time commitment that um the time and mental commitment that even when i came home my mind was always on yep. on work you know even you know put the kids to bed and working on proposals or whatnot i was just um realize I was not fully present, you know, fully it's present hard, husband, man. a fully yeah. present yeah. dad, and wanted to find a way to, um, to change that. And, um, and just saw the trajectory that it was just gonna, it was going to continue growing and demanding more and more of me, you know, as that paycheck gets bigger and bigger in the corporate world, um, more and more is required and expected. And, um, and so, um, so yeah, up, up until that point, I, I had a couple rentals. They were doing what I had anticipated. Um, it was a fairly linear growth. And, and so just kind of being the math guy calculated out, like, what's this going to take? It's <laughs> realize this is going to take a while. <laughs> right. And so, um, which, you know, real estate is never been a get rich quick thing. It's a, you know, you're in it for the long haul and the building a legacy. And, um, but I started asking the question of, you know, how can I accelerate this? And that was kind of what led me to the, the commercial space. And, um, I had invested passively in multifamily, um, in the past and was looking at, um, various things. And, um, and so the uh, the commercial side was um, intriguing to me, just in the um, the power of uh, both leverage and the the way that you could increase a value the value of a property. You know, residential property, um, you could put a million dollars into a into apartment or rental property, but the value is never going to get past what that three bedroom, two bath house is yep. in that neighborhood. Right. Um, whereas on the commercial side, everything's valued as you, you're well aware on the income. And so mm -hmm. the sky's the limit, you know, it's what, what can you do with this property? If yeah, you Andrew, find I'll, something. I'll, I'll pause you there. Cause yeah. it's funny you say that our, our very first apartment we bought, uh, was a 16 unit in ocean view. Yeah. We didn't know anything it, it, up to that point. We were uh, strictly single family. We didn't know. Mm -hmm. We didn't know how to value it. We didn't know anything, but we we're like, let's get into the apartment space. And we kept asking the broker on it. Well, you know, what are, what are some comps? You know, we were thinking right. like we would comp yeah, exactly. it out just like a single family. And he, that was the first time we really like had to get educated on, um, you know, NOI and all of the things mm -hmm. that go into a commercial. And we realized like, no, this, and that it was a light bulb deal for us. Like, okay. Yes. It's not based off what the last one sold for. It's what the cap mm -hmm. rate is for that area and uh, the income and expenses. So it is a uh, funny you say that because we 
we had to learn through that first purchase, you know, about yeah. that. But yeah, absolutely. No, no, that's, yeah. that's great. So, I mean, yeah, just in that power of, there is a market part of it with the cap rate, but I yep. mean, the cap rate isn't jumping around. It's, right. it's a, you know, it, it moves a little bit, but I mean, it's not going to jump three percentage points all of a sudden, yeah. you know, it's, um, but you know, it's the, the cap rate and the performance of the property. So you mentioned the net operating income, you know, um, the, you know, your gross income minus your expenses, your value is directly tied to that. So if you have a property that you can decrease expenses, raise income, you can significantly increase the value of a, of a property. And so, yeah, I think up until a certain point in my life, you know, I was, I've never been the natural entrepreneur. Um, I've been the go with the flow, like just do what you do well and um, stay in the lane. And, yeah. um, but it was, um, it was one of those things where I always thought that was for the other guys, you know, the, the guys out there that are doing, you know, 16 unit and mm -hmm. apartment stuff and self sort, like that's for them. I'm, that's way mm -hmm. out of my league. <laughs> And um, it really wasn't until I had that um, that come to Jesus moment of no, if I if I want something different, I'm gonna have to make a change. And it was um, it it happened in a day. You know, September 30th, 2020 was the day it happened. Um, I had a oh, conversation yeah. with my wife, and uh, it was actually after a conversation with my boss about a promotion, and had a conversation with my wife and just let her know I'm, I'm going to make, do whatever it takes to make this commercial real estate thing work. Um, if you had asked me a day before I, I would have still been in the mindset of like, no, that's for, that's way out of my league, but mm -hmm. you know, that, that changed things. So took a couple months and evaluated just different asset classes, multifamily apartments, mobile home parks, self-storage, were the three that I focused on and um, landed on self-storage for a number of reasons. But uh, since then, you know, I joined a bunch of mastermind groups, um, hired a coach and the rest is history that uh, a year, just about a year later, I was uh, closing on my first, first self-storage deal. So that, so you were closing on that like late 21. Yep. When <laughs> was it? I knew you had made your mind up in 2020 that this is the mm -hmm. route you were going to go. When were you at a point where you were comfortable walking away from, from that job? So, yeah, that was, that was kind of interesting. The, um, I actually closed on my first two before 2021 was up. Um, okay. both of them were pretty heavy lifts and in very, very rough shape when I got them. Uh, were they in, in Virginia or? Um, yeah, they were both in Roanoke, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, both had occupancy. One of them was under 20% occupied. One was about 35% occupied. So it was going to be a while before they cash flowed enough to, for me to step away from my job. Um, so that first whole year I was doing everything, um, building the business while, while working. Um, cool. that's, after that that's year, grind. Yeah. <laughs> that's grind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean the, the grind, it was a grind for me. I mean, I'm, I'm working, I'm, you know, waking up early, staying up late, working on the weekends, tried to reserve Sunday for the family. Yeah. Um, but 
I mean, during that year, my mom or my wife was pretty much a single mom. Um, yeah. I mean, she yeah. she took the brunt of, you know, the sacrifices for the family. You know, I'm I'm doing the work and, you know, a lot of that side of it. But, you know, she was doing way more than me on the home front. Yeah. Um, and so um, but, yeah, I think, um, you know, got to the point where um, a group um that did multifamily investments that I was working with, uh, that I had invested with passively, knew what I was doing and invited me to join their team to help with some of their deals and um, gave me the opportunity to focus on things that I was much more passionate about and um, wasn't, uh, was kind of that, that step in between. Um, and so, uh, this past year, uh, a year later was when I made the full step to just work for myself. And, uh, okay. so it's been a little, a little over a year now that I've been right. out of my own. So when you, when you made that decision, uh, cause I recently went through it as well. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I left my career. I mean, I was with the same company for 17 years. And, um, but when I made that decision and obviously with some anxiety around it and it was yes. a long time coming you know a lot of conversations mm -hmm. with my wife my business partner everything uh but it when i that relief i got when i finally had that conversation with my my employer to say i'm out you know i'm, I'm gonna move mm -hmm. in a different direction um yes it came with a lot of stress but it it was kind of that last day before summer break feeling in school, you know, <laughs> like I just, it was so much weight lifted off. Cause, and, and then ever since then, it's just been gung ho. It's, it's all I do, but uh, yes. did you have a similar feeling like uh, a release of stress once you finally made that, that move. Yeah. I would say that it was kind of, it's coming in phases. Okay. Um, there definitely was that initial, like, sense of freedom sense of like hey this is where we're going but it really it's been kind of as um as i've hit some milestones along the way of you know being able to um being able to be totally on my own you know this past year and being able to you know just make some progress on the business side and see see things moving in the right direction and see you know, see some of those value add happen and, you know, um, that, that it's really, I, I'd say come to fruition yeah. and, and the fruits of that, you know, of, of seeing, Hey, there's a trajectory here, but to see that, you know, each year making steps along that is, right. um, has been subsequent, um, yeah. periods of yeah, growth. One of our, our, our mentors, um, Tim Brotz, I don't know if you know Tim Brotz with Legacy Family, but um, mm -hmm. he's, he has a big mastermind and okay. he always makes the, you know, just talks about the three-year principle, you know, like mm -hmm. where you, you plant the seed, like you got to have the idea first of what yes. you want to do, but then you, then you plant the seeds and it's a little lean, like you get no reward for that seed planet other than confidence that you can plant a seed and you can take care of that plant as it grows. But the reward comes in like year three, five and beyond, you know, yes. so it's trusting the steps and processes to get to that harvest that most people just abandon before they get to the harvest, you know? Yes. Um, you know, so, and you're kind of sounds like from a time frame standpoint, 
what 2020 is kind of when you made your mind. Now we're into mm -hmm. 2024 and you're starting to, to get a little bit of the harvest or a lot of the harvest. Yes. I mean, you're on your own now. So Yeah. And even, even since, you know, 2015, when we started investing in the rental properties, um, you know, up until, I mean, even just recently, never took anything out of that, just continued using it and, you know, not, not chopping down that tree. Yeah. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. And, um, so you mentioned, uh, real quick, I got a, you went to Virginia tech. Are you a football yes. fan? You're a Hokey football fan or I, I am. I'm, I'm more of an Eagles fan, but, uh, okay. I, but yeah, I never followed college football at all before I went to tech. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I, definitely... here. I, I, we, I went to Radford university, okay. but went to all the tech games. And one of my best friends is a diehard. He can tell you, what color underwear every one of the players wears. I mean, he is a diehard about it, but I yeah. just had to ask that real quick. Um, so self-storage. Um, we've we've connected with a few self-storage operators um, and our team, you know, Tim, who you met earlier, and Bill Phillips is our other partner, but mm -hmm. um, we have some investments, uh, passive investments into yep. a couple storage deals. But um, Talk about that a little bit. You know, why you, you mentioned earlier, you kind of explored a couple different classes or mm -hmm. you know, asset classes to get into. Why did you end up landing on self-storage? Um, give, give us some pros and cons of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think, you know, all three of the ones that I evaluated, I, I really like a lot of things about mobile homes, apartments, self-storage. Um, I think there's, you know, the supply and demand is there. The, um, the, um, recession resistant nature of the asset classes. Um, a lot of the reasons that led me to self storage were, um, one, just the, uh, there's a lot less moving parts in the business. It's, it's not an easy business, but it's a simple business. Right. Um, and you know, as far as tenants, you, you know, your tenants aren't, shouldn't be living in, <laughs> right. in your facility. So, you know, eviction laws versus lien laws, you know, where you're going to court doing eviction stuff in the residential space in self-storage, it's, it's lien law based. So it's, you're sending notices. If there's folks not paying, you do the auction process, you clean out the unit and you're ready to go. You know, right. same thing with unit turns, you're not replacing cabinets and toilets and repainting. It's, you know, you're blowing out the unit, making, making sure the door opens and closes and right. it's ready to go. Yeah. Um, as far as the, um, even just the asset class, you know, there's, um, it's pretty, it, it is tied to the residential, you know, a lot of the, uh, the market. So we've, we've definitely seen a little bit of a slowdown this past year, just as, you know, people are moving less, but, it's um, when the economy's booming and people are buying stuff, they use self-storage. Um, when it's tanking 2008, you know, other recessions and things, people are downsizing and not wanting to get rid of stuff. So they're still utilizing storage. It's yeah, um, it's fed by transition. So folks that are moving, folks that are um, that are doing that. And so um so yeah, in that in that sense, there's there's a lot of factors that that go into the supply and demand, and um, the supply or the demand is growing. Um, 
And so, um, so in that sense, you know, the same thing, um, even just in terms of uh, market analysis, being able to really um, a big difference between the market of self-storage owners and say apartments, you know, self-storage is probably 10 to 15 years behind apartments. Um, mm -hmm. It's rapidly, rapidly increasing in terms of the the REITs, the the bigger institutional buyers. It's been an extremely hot asset class the past five years. Um, and so you've got a lot of big players getting in. And so there's a consolidation of the market. But even now, there's still about half of the market. Um, there's almost 60,000 uh, self-storage facilities nationwide. About half of those are still mom and pop owned. Yeah. So yeah. there's still opportunity to work direct with mom and pop owners that um, maybe built this thing 30 years ago. Um, it's a cash cow for them. And so there's really not a need to make it the most efficient thing because it's it's doing more than they ever hoped or mm -hmm. dreamed. And so there's opportunity to come in and do some of the low hanging fruit value add with adding a website, doing online marketing, um, dynamic pricing models, things like that to add value. Um, and so that, yeah, those are just some of the reasons that, that I Can got you, into self storage. I would imagine, and, and we're, we haven't been other than passively investing in a few syndications, but we haven't been actively. I mean, I, I've never even underwritten, uh, a storage facility other than mm -hmm. seeing the numbers for what I invested in. But right. I would imagine with so many mom and pops and we see a little bit, we've, we've, uh, we've underwritten quite a few like mobile home parks, RV parks, stuff mm -hmm. like that, yep. which is heavy mom and pop as well. Yes. There seems to be a lot more opportunity for um, owner financing. So I, I, do you, do you see that with, um, you know, these folks that are getting later in life, they don't need to sell it. They don't want to take that big tax hit, but they would certainly love to be passive in it and, and mm -hmm. be the bank instead of the owner. Have you, you approach it that way? And have you seen any of that? Yeah, I do. I always throw it out there. Um, yeah. I'd say that there's been an uptick lately for sure. Um, mm -hmm. A big uptick. And, but I'd say as not necessarily driven by the mom and pop thing, more, of interest rates and more of yeah. um, sellers that have something in their mind from a year, two years ago that a broker yeah. told them, hey, your site's worth this. And there's just no way you're going to be able to get that in this market with yep. bank financing. And so um, sellers that really are looking to sell are much more open to seller financing because it's just not going to work with a bank. But if you can negotiate the terms, then the seller financing route is is a good yeah. way to go. Yeah, we and obviously see a lot of that in our space with <clears throat> apartments and stuff. Um, there's, you know, it's there's properties that have been sitting on Crexy for a year and a half and just not right. getting anywhere because of the interest rates. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, folks want to get out from under them, so it, it they start entertaining those offers of exactly. seller financing and a lot of times you know buyers don't don't ask that question or they don't go a little bit further sometimes on these commercial properties there's good assumable debt you know mm -hmm. that you can tap into as well so yep. it's uh storage is an interesting 
asset class. One I definitely want to um, learn more about uh, as we move forward. Um, what role you mentioned earlier about um, joining some masterminds and having some mentors, um, what role did that play for you? Um, I, I think I know what the answer is, but you, could you elaborate more on the importance of that? Because I see so many people, myself included, not even five years ago, who refused to pay for coaching or pay mm. for men mentorship or networking groups because they feel, I, and I did this too. I, you view it as like, what am I going to get in return? But that's right. a, that's something you can't really do a like an ROI on right out of the gate. You just have to trust. Yeah. That, you know, but talk to that if you don't mind. Uh, the power. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I I joined a number of of groups. I you know right out of the gate. Um, you know, I, I said, I made that, um, that decision September 30th before October was up. I had already jumped in a kind of a mindset, uh, group going through some think and grow rich principles, as well as like a multifamily, um, investment thing. That was like a three month program. Um, but, um, hired a coach at the beginning of the year. I knew I wanted to do that. Um, regardless of asset class, um, one, just for my own accountability. Yeah. Um, and knowing that, Hey, if, if I'm putting money into this, I know for sure I'm going to be, um, pedal to the metal. Um, I don't want to, um, you know, it was a decision I made that we're going to make this happen, but I wanted to, I wanted to make sure there's no way that I'm, I'm turning back. Um, yeah, well, and, you, you pay attention to what you pay for. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, and, and it was a, you know, there's always stuff in life, you know, things, things come up and, um, and I, I knew if I'm going to be paying, you know, this fee to a coach, I'm not going to be wasting my time and, um, and just doing a little bit here and there. I'm going to be, yeah. I'm going to do this until it happens. And so that was huge um, on the coaching side, on the mastermind side, I'd say, you know, just the relationships and rubbing shoulders with folks that are similar mindsets. And, um, and even somebody, somebody like me who is very analytical, you know, my background is structural engineering. There's a lot of safety factors there. There's, you know, the analysis paralysis, you know, it is a real thing for, right. for a lot of us. Um, and, and so, um, being able to be in a group with folks where if I didn't quite have the confidence that I needed, I could almost borrow, I could borrow the confidence of others yep. Yep. that, um, that I didn't need to have every single thing figured out. That was huge for me. Um, in that, you know, that first deal that you get it under contract and, you know, the first of anything, you're always a little bit nervous. You're, you know, yeah. um, and so, so being able to do that with the confidence that, Hey, I don't know everything that's going to come up in this deal, but I've got resources to go to. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's just huge. It's, yep. um, it's a big, big thing. And, and just, again, the accountability of, you know, keeping you, keeping you moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we join, um, well, 
legacy family. We joined them about a year and a half ago, but you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. I was hesitant to pay the money. I, you know, you show up at the first event, but now through that, I mean, literally I have a hundred mentors that are doing things I want to do much bigger than what I want to do them that I can call on at any time. And, you know, you collaborate and, and that makes the return 10, 20, a hundred X what the investment is, you know? Right. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, for folks that, and, and I don't care what level you're at, like hindsight, I wish I would have hired a coach 10 years ago when I first started flipping houses, you know, that, mm -hmm. that it's, it's kind of gasoline on the fire and, um, right. and, and looking back on it, what I can't sit here and say I would have changed anything because you learn a lot of stuff through mistakes, but yes. a coach for nothing other than accountability, like you said earlier, um, you know, is, is very important. Um, and, and I'll segue, I know um, you have, uh, you've started recently a coaching platform of yourself, uh, of yeah. your own, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? What you all yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm, uh, I'm working with folks that are looking to buy their first self-storage facility. They are either just finding out about storage or have, you know, been working on it and wanting to get a little bit more traction. And so I've got a number of students that I'm working with, um, finding deals, analyzing deals, kind of getting over the, the hump, you know, creating those, um, being accountable to, to what you're going to be working on to goals and, um, and just the, um, I mean, you mentioned it earlier in the show, just the motivation, you know, yeah. if, if you don't have the right, why, if, if you're doing this just to make money, right. Like that's not going to get you through the tough patches. Like you've got to have, you've got to really find that deeper motivation, the deeper why of why do you want this? Um, so that you can really get through the, the tough times. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can see right over your shoulder why you do it. Um, you know, those pictures right there and I, and man, like I get asked this a lot, you know, what, what motivates me? Nothing motivates me more than my family. I, I don't, I can't say there's anything that's a close second and, and the money I've never been motivated by money mm -hmm. and we, we all need money to do certain things. The way I view money, and it seems like you're in a similar boat. It's just a tool yep. to provide me the freedom and flexibility to hang out with the ones I love the most, which are my wife and kids. That's and right. you, that doesn't just happen overnight. There was a, you talked about that grind period of working your full-time job and trying to build a business that will get you away from that to ultimately mm -hmm. get to what the goal is, right? Of right. More time with your family. There is that period. I don't care who you are unless you hit the lottery or have some stroke of luck, there's that period where you're going to have to sacrifice mm -hmm. the main motivation for a little bit just to ultimately get to what you're motivated by. And yes. uh, you, you're living proof of that. So kudos mm -hmm. to you on that. Um, and then one thing I did want to uh, talk to you about was, so your, your acquisitions for self-storage, I know um, you are getting more into like a syndication model, maybe with some upcoming deals. Do you want to speak to mm -hmm. that and kind of what, um, I know each deal is different, but what through a syndication and through passive opportunities, what you typically um, can offer investors that may want to come in and be a part of it with you passively? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if anybody is is interested in, 
um, definitely feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to kind of share what we've got, you know, as far as criteria, we're, you know, I'm looking for um, self-storage facilities and secondary tertiary markets where the market um, is a little bit, um, the risk is a little lower than investing in a primary market where you're competing with five, six, seven different REITs and regional players. So um, secondary tertiary markets, the value add play, either value add in the operation side or value add in the expansion side or both. Um, and look into, um, you know, typically the, the ones we're doing with investors are, you know, looking at a three to five year project um, where we, we go in, we improve the property, um, increase the value and, and either refinance or, or sell, um, to, yeah, to get returns with, for our investors. And I'm sure you structure it with some, some combination of like a preferred return to mm -hmm. investors yep. with possibly a share of equity and, and exactly. things of that nature. Yeah. So, yep. um, yeah, very, very similar, uh, to what, um, you know, folks, a lot of the folks in our worlds are, are very familiar with like apartment syndications. There's no difference. Yes. It's a yeah. It's, yeah. Yep. It's very similar. Yep. yep. Good deal. Um, and what areas, I, I know you have a few in Virginia, but are you looking for property all over the country or in just the Southeast or it, you know? Yeah, it's been, it's been growing, uh, okay. just because it's, it's a hot asset class. So right now, if the numbers make sense, um, I'm I'm game. Um, so got one down in Mississippi um, and then about to close on one in Illinois uh, in the next uh, two weeks and uh, got one under contract in Oklahoma. Um, nice. uh, that, that one's with one of my students. And so. Yeah. So, yeah, we're um, I'd say probably the eastern half of the, the country. Yeah. Um, but all right, cool. We'll, we'll drop all of your uh, contact information and social media stuff. So if anybody either has a lead on a property or, or looking to Absolutely. invest in future properties or looking to get some coaching around this space as well, uh, definitely reach out to Andrew. So Andrew, I'm going to start wrapping this up with a couple questions um, yes. that we, we kind of ask everybody. Um, so the first one, um, who, and you, there's no limit on this. You can name one or five, you know, but some, some people that have played the role of like superhero in your life. Um, if you want to talk to that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the, the number one is my wife. I mean, mm -hmm. she's, um, she's just been with me every step of the way. She's, <laughs> yeah. she's had more confidence in me than, than I have. And right. so, um, like I said, you know, sacrifice along the way with me, uh, having my back. And so, um, without that, for sure, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. And so she's the number one. Um, my parents are are probably the the other ones that come to right. mind. Just, you know, always had my back and encouraging. And even when, you know, they didn't know anything about real estate or the self-storage stuff that, you know, were supportive. And yeah, um, and yeah so that's. That's uh, good. Yeah. No, are, I, you you are, talk about the parents, man, not. My mom, yeah, you know, I, I, I was raised by a single mom, but mm. when when I left my job, I mean, I, I had, like I said, I've been with the company in sales for 17 years um, as an insurance company, but I'd worked my way up to a, a pretty good living. I mean, it was a mm -hmm. really good income, especially living in Surrey County, as rural as it is. But 
everybody thought I was absolutely insane other than my business partner, my <laughs> wife and my mom, you know, yeah. and, and uh, so that, that support, at least having a few people in your corner that kind of know you deep enough to know that whatever the world you jump into, you're going to figure it out. That that's uh, that plays mm -hmm. a big role. And it sounds like you had that with your, your wife and parents as well. So that's yes. Cool. I was very blessed. To yeah. Have that. Very good. So uh, one other thing um, we like to ask folks is to give our listeners a, something to take away from this episode that they can do right now, whether it be go buy a book to read, go listen mm -hmm. to a certain podcast, um, or just a, an action step they could take that will help improve their life personally, professionally, whatever. Anything you could share um, that you would have folks go and, and take a look at or read or listen to? Yeah, I'd, I'd say two things. Um, one thing, if, well, really, regardless of what you're working in or what arena you're in, um, the power of really niching down and not to have too broad of a focus, um, the more you can niche down and focus on something, the better. Yeah. Um, even just, you know, so for me, focusing just on self-storage and, you know, there's a ton of asset classes out there. There's a ton of ways in real estate, a million ways to, to make money, to build a business. And so to just pick something and focus on it. And yeah. even within that niche, you know, focusing down even further on what within that niche you're focusing on. Yeah. Um, so that would be that. one thing. The second thing, um, there's a book, uh, Who Not How by yep. uh, Dan Sullivan. And um, and that one, I'm, I still am not good at this at all. <laughs> but having that concept in the back of my mind, when you, you hit that brick wall of, I don't know, know how to do this. And, you know, I'm a researcher, so it's like, am I going to spend 40 hours on the internet and books and trying to figure this out? Or or can I just ask the question of who do I know yep. that I can ask? Yeah. Who do I know that I can connect with that already has this information? And maybe I don't need to cram it all in my own brain. I can just connect with the people that do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's great. That's a great book. Um, that's a, a principle that we we practice quite a bit uh within our business um you know I'm, a real example of this is tim who you met earlier mm -hmm. um you know my strength in general and i it's taken a while to realize that there's a lot of things i'm not good at that i thought i was but yes. i am good at starting fires you know just uh -huh. like making stuff happen having a vision and talking to people um and i've wanted to do a podcast for years um well I have no clue on the technical side to how to like how to record a podcast, how to get it mm -hmm. out there to everybody. So Tim is, you know, king of that stuff. So, you know, it's instead of me wasting energy and effort trying to figure it out myself, Tim right. became the who in our business that mm -hmm. can make it happen. So now I love that. And then the niches, you know, the cliche is the riches are in the niches, you know, You're so, right. yep. and that's true. And, and once you niche it down, like you have, over time, you start being viewed as an authority in that particular mm -hmm. niche, and that brings more opportunity as well. That's and it right. allows you to have more of a impact and provide more value to folks that are following along with what you're doing. So I love yes. it. Love it. Absolutely. So um, now, like I said, we're going to drop all your contact information down in the show notes. So if anybody okay. wants to reach out and do it through that, um, 
And I appreciate you coming on, man. I, you know, we're yeah. this is a newer, a newer thing we're doing, newer podcast. We're talking to folks all over the the country, the world, really. We got a guy from Puerto Rico coming on in a couple of weeks. So oh, that's uh, great. But to have you, you know, somebody kind of a homeboy, local to me, it, it's pretty mm -hmm. cool. And I, I look forward to connecting with you in person. You know, we'll grab Absolutely. lunch, and coffee, and um, you know, maybe do some deals together down the road. So yes. But, uh, is there yeah, anything you want to? Wanna, leave the folks with or any, any lasting thoughts you have? Um, hmm. I just, uh, you know, just to end, you know, want to give, give all credit to, to God, you mm -hmm. know, that's, you know, when I said, um, you know, having that, that motivation, the why of getting through the tough stuff, you know, there's, um, you got to have a foundation and, and my faith has been that foundation. And right. so, uh, so yeah, just grateful for, for all the blessings that I have. And, um, uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity that you've given me to come on with you guys and, uh, not, great to meet you and, uh, and Tim and definitely look forward to meeting in person. Yeah, that's great, man. It's a great place to wrap a bow around it. So I appreciate it, Andrew. We'll be seeing each other soon. All right. Take all care, right. Jason. Well, this concludes another episode of Burning the Boats podcast. Hope y'all got as much value from that um, as I know I certainly did. Um, and continue to join us each week moving forward. We release episodes on um, every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, those are our interview-style podcasts. And then every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern um, is our weekly ramble. So we'd appreciate um, you know following you following along and sharing with your friends and you know, if you could take a few seconds to whatever platform you're listening on, um, hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, same on YouTube as well. Um, we're not doing this uh, for any type of monetary gain. This We make nothing off this podcast, but we're doing it more than anything else to provide value and hopefully connect people um, with, you know, folks in our network and, and whatnot. So hope you enjoy that and you can always help us provide more value by getting it out to more folks. Um, so please like and subscribe and share with all your friends. As always, the Burning the Boats podcast is presented by 608B Capital. Um, we are a short-term real estate lending fund. Um, so if you have, we offer investment opportunity for passive investors. So if you have a need for that, please reach out. And we also offer, obviously, real estate loans for fix and flippers, buy and holders and whatnot. Um, so if you have any of those needs, um, all of our information will be down in the show notes. Um, but with that, we appreciate you listening or watching as always. And we'll see you next time on Burning the Boats podcast.